Thanks for tuning in to High Point Assembly's podcast, where you're going to hear a life-giving message that we hope will encourage you no matter where you are in your walk with Christ. Check out our website at highpointassembly.org for more podcasts, information, and how to join us live in person or online every Sunday. We hope this message blesses you wherever you may be listening from. And remember, no matter where you're at, you belong. Amen. It's good to see you here today. Even if I'm looking at you through the windshield of your car, it's still good to see you. I also want to welcome everybody who is watching us online. I'm sure there's many. We're so thankful that all of you have chosen to join us on this Resurrection Sunday. Let's open in a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this blessed day. What a day it is. It is a a day that changed everything. It's a day where your son, who bled and died, resurrected on our behalf and, and give us new life. And we thank you for that, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you that you've allowed us to gather together in this unique way today. And I ask that your presence would be very real in each car, in each home that's listening and watching today. We pray that you'll be glorified through this time that we're spending together. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Who would have thought when we began 2020 that we'd be holding Easter Sunday service out in a parking lot and listening through our car radios or our cell phones. Well, I've come to find out that under the current circumstances that we are going through, you got to get creative because Easter is just too big to overlook. And I want to take just a moment to thank the men and the women that all helped to put this thing together. The tech tech team that that made all of this happen. What a a talented uh, group of people. We're blessed to have them. Amen. Here you go. That's for you guys. You know, for the, for the Christian faith, the, the celebration of Easter is the very foundation of what we believe in. It's the greatest day in all of history where everything literally changed. Sin had entered in order for us to be reconciled to him once again. And therefore, he sent his son to walk this earth. And and he walked among us and he talked among us and he showed us the love and the care and the very heart of God the Father. And yet he was rejected and he was arrested and he was beaten and he was crucified and he died a horrific death on the cross. But it didn't end there because three days later he arose on that first Easter Sunday just like he said he would. And in doing so he defeated Satan and death and the grave. And through his resurrection, he brings healing and he brings eternal life to all who believe. And that is what we celebrate here today. Now, I'm sure you're here this morning for a variety of reasons. Some of you just wanted to see what a drive-in church service looked like. Be honest with me. That's okay. Some of you are here because you're simply tired of all this social distancing and you had to get out of the house. Or maybe you've joined us today to worship the Lord. Maybe you've joined us today to to seek hope and encouragement in these very interesting times that we find ourselves in. But no matter what the reason, here's the truth. You are here today because God ordained you to be here today. He knew that every one of us would be here gathering in this place at this time, celebrating Christ's resurrection together. And like I said earlier, this is indeed a very interesting Easter Sunday. 
the COVID-19 virus and, and, and all of the safety constraints that have been imposed has changed, at least temporarily, the way we do daily life. People who are a lot smarter than I am are calling this a pandemic with over one half million cases and over 18,000 deaths in the United States alone. One in four Americans has at least temporarily lost their livelihood. While the stock market has greatly declined, it's no longer business as usual. And what I'm finding is that there's real fear that is building up in people's lives. Real fear. And people are having to deal with it. But there's something that I want you to think about this morning. Though all of this was unexpected, and yes, it is a crisis for our nation and for our world and for us as individuals, the truth is that life has a way of bringing an ongoing stream of events that crowd in on us every single day. Crisis seems to descend upon us on a regular basis without any let up. Every day, we see it in the news with stories that make us feel less secure and, and more and more concerned. Crime is turning some of our, the inner part of our large cities into war zones. Homelessness is, is turning many of our communities into California into large tent cities. Sexual obscenity and perversity is, slung, is flung at us by every imaginable form of media. Drug abuse is an ongoing pandemic all of its own. We are shocked by the stories of, of murder and the abuse of children and the, the jarring statistics on human trafficking. While the devaluation and the destruction of the traditional family unit is under attack from every conceivable source. Anyone who is paying any attention at all can see that life seems to be growing increasingly complex and even frightening at times. And that leads us to want to ask, is anyone in charge? Who is minding the store? Is there any power beyond our own feeble efforts that can control the events of today? Well, it may comfort you to know that we are not the first generation to ask that question. In fact, the Apostle John himself may have very well asked this same question way back in the first century. John was the last of the Apostles. And by the time he had reached 80 years of age, all the other disciples had been martyred for the cross of Jesus Christ. That's when Emperor Domitian came in to power in Rome. And John was exiled to Patmos, a very small, barren island in the middle of the Aegean Sea. He thought he was doomed to live out his days there without ever again being able to travel or to minister or to preach the gospel. And it was at that time when Christians were being persecuted all throughout the Roman Empire in a variety of very cruel ways. They were being thrown to the hungry lions. They were being bound up in animal skins and thrown into the sea. They were being ground up in millstones. They were being used, believe it or not, as human torches to light public gatherings. Domitian ordered the Christians, he forced them to make a public stand as to whether they would say Jesus is Lord or Caesar is Lord. So it was in the midst of all of this historical outbreak of persecution against the early New Testament church that John was walking in loneliness on that little bitty island. 
I'm sure very much the same loneliness that, that some of you are experiencing even today. When suddenly he tells us in the book of Revelation that he saw a vision of Jesus. In fact, if you have your Bibles on your phone or, or with you, you can turn to Revelation chapter 1. This is where we're going to find our scripture reference today. And this is probably not a scripture that you ever heard before on an Easter Sunday. But I believe that it is a very important scripture and a very appropriate one, particularly for this Easter. You see, although it had been 60 years since John had seen Jesus in the flesh, he still knew who he was in Christ Jesus. And yet Jesus was strangely different. I want you to hear how John describes him in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Clothed with a long white robe and a golden girdle round his breast, his head and his hair as white as white wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth issued a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. John continues on in verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand upon me saying, Fear not, for I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Those are wonderful words of reassurance to anyone who might be experiencing a frightening time right now or any time where fear is present. In fact, I'd really like you to consider those words spoken by our risen Savior. I want you to receive them just like they were spoken to John during that day of trouble in the first century. First of all, Jesus says, fear not. Do not be afraid. I think this is what some of you need to hear this morning because some of you are very much afraid. You know, we human beings always tend to lean into fear whenever the, the future seems uncertain. And Christians are by no means exempt from those kinds of feelings. And our Lord understood this. In fact, Jesus was always saying, fear not, to his frightened disciples. The Gospels tell us that every time they were in trouble, they expressed themselves in manifestations of fear. And Jesus always came along at the right moment, and he said, fear not, just like he did with the Apostle John in our scripture reference from this morning. And what Jesus first meant was, do not be afraid of me. Because understandably, John was afraid. He was. I mean, seeing Jesus risen and glorified would have been a very intense moment. You see, all the prophets, all the apostles, all the saints who had ever seen God in all of his glory fell down in fear and they trembled before him. But Jesus reassures John by saying, don't be afraid. And by this, he means that God is our friend and he's not our enemy. There's a song we often sing that says, He is a good, good Father. And I have found that to be true. And furthermore, He is for us. The Apostle Paul wrote in, in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, 
Who can be against us? Hebrews 13.5, Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. This is the great promise that Jesus makes to John in our scripture reference this morning. And this is the same promise that many of you need to hear today and not just hear it, but, but embrace it on this beautiful resurrection morning. In this time, during this time of uncertainty, in this time when we are being isolated one from another, many all by yourselves, you need to hear Jesus' words today. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And Jesus makes clear why we are not to be afraid. He says, I am the first and the last and the living one. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that means that he is at the beginning and at the end of everything going on in your life. But not just that, he is the living one who is a part of everything in between. Jesus helps us understand that all circumstances that come into the life of every believer come from him and they end with him. But even more importantly, he accompanies us all the way through each one. He says, I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the A to the Z of life. I am the beginning and the end. And furthermore, he says, I am the living one. The present tense is used all the way through. Jesus is the one who goes with us through everything. And that should bring comfort to every one of us this morning. You see, I believe that God wants his children to live with a fearless faith during uncertain times. Therefore, more than any other command, he tells us, fear not. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? My life of whom shall I be afraid? John 16.33 says, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. God says, Fear not, for I am with you. There is nothing that you cannot handle. So be courageous and be strong. And that promise, ladies and gentlemen, has undergirded and sustained the faith of millions of people throughout history. People who are in sorrow or heartache or disappointment, dealing with problems and pressures and felt like everyone else had deserted them. They all came to realize that they were not alone, that the Lord was with them. That's why the Apostle Paul can say, if God be for us, who can be against us? In fact, the closing words in the book of Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37, Paul asks this question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sorrow? As it is written, for thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Yet... In all things, we are more than conquerors who loved us. Those reassuring words are intended to comfort all of those who feel alone. Those words are intended to stabilize anybody who wants and needs somebody to stand with them during time of trouble. We often tend to look towards each other 
to feel that kind of help. But I think we all understand that human beings fail. But Jesus does not fail. And his words to us this morning are crystal clear. Fear not, for I am the first and I am the last and I am the living one. But that's not all he said. Because his words are expanded with this statement in Revelation 1.18. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. You see, Jesus doesn't just sustain us and comfort us through the immediate fears and anxieties that we are important. He offers us picture as well. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the message of Easter. Jesus himself said in John 14, 19, Because I live, you shall live also. That removes the sting that takes care of your future as well. Because here's the truth. One of these days, you and I are going to lose everything that we have. But we will lose nothing that we have become in Christ Jesus. Always remember that the only thing that we can take with us is what we are in Christ Jesus. No enemy remains that has not already been conquered. No problem persists that has not already been solved. No uncertainty exists that he has not already made certain. That's why he says, I hold the keys of death. Death, of course, is the end of life. Jesus is making a statement. The end will not come to those who trust in me unless I allow it. Someone put it this way. I am immortal until my work here is done. Jesus holds the keys of death, and death cannot strike until he allows it. But the scripture goes on to say, I hold the keys of Hades. That is the life to come. Hades is the equivalent to the Old Testament Sheol, which is life beyond the grave. Well, Jesus said he holds those keys too. And this is the promise of Easter, ladies and gentlemen. In the presence of Almighty God, whenever our time on this earth is complete, our future is certain. Don't ever, ever lose sight of that, especially like now when our present circumstances can feel so uncertain. There's a song we often sing here at the church called Your Love Never Fails. And there's a line in that song that I was reminded of this week. It says, though there may be pain in the night, joy comes in the morning. Those lyrics were inspired by Psalm 30, verse 5, where it says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And I think it's very appropriate for us to talk about this today, particularly in light of the situation that we find ourselves in. Yes, we are enduring a storm right now. We are facing something that has created great fear in people's hearts. But there's something you've got to understand this morning. There is always a peace and a joy that comes after the storm. There is always difficulty before a new day rises. And as we learned with what Jesus experienced on the cross, there is suffering before victory. But it is the suffering. It is the difficulty. It is the struggle. It is the uncertainty. It is the anxiety that makes victory so beautiful. Please don't miss this this morning. These difficulties that that we are dealing with, 
These inner fears we are experiencing, these inconveniences that we are working through can either be a time of of sheer fear and panic or it can be a time of spiritual refinement in the life of a believer of Christ. What I'm saying to you this morning is if you will allow it, this can be a time where you greatly grow in your trust and in your understanding of your Lord and Savior. This can be a time when God transforms you and grows you in ways that you've never experienced before. You know, in my personal life, the greatest gains in my relationship in Jesus have always occurred during times of difficulty. Always have. Because that's when I realized that He was all that I had. He was the only one who understood. And furthermore, He was the only one who had the answer to my problem. And so I put my trust and my faith in Him. And He was with me during my suffering. And He was with me during those difficult times. He was with me during my uncertainty and my anxiety. And it was Christ Jesus, my my resurrected Lord and Savior, who brought me through. So with His words to John, Jesus has placed a sun in our sky that will never ever set. He has put a light on our face that can handle adversity and it allows us to look past to the glory that lies beyond this moment. So it's no wonder that Jesus' words come to us today from across the century. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be afraid of the things that you're having to go through in this lifetime, the trials and the troubles that will inevitably come. They are not designed to hurt you, but to help you and to grow you and to strengthen you. These trials are under the control of the one who is keeping them from being too much for us to bear, like he has promised us. So to answer that question that I presented earlier, There is someone in charge. There is someone who's minding the store. So we need not be afraid. Here's the deal. We will be victorious over COVID-19, just like the early New Testament church was victorious over the persecution that was going on during John's time at that island of Patmos. And just like Jesus was victorious over the cross. And that's the promise that Jesus makes to you and me on this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. We shall overcome this because God will be with us through it all. Why? Because He is the first and the last and the living one. And not too long from now, we will look back on this unusual time and we will give God thanks for His faithfulness and we will realize that we were transformed and changed throughout it. We will be different We will be changed. We will be stronger and we will be wiser and more trusting of Him ever before. And I might add, we will be more appreciative of gathering together like we are today and worshiping Him as one. To the many kinds of suffering that we endure in this life. What I'm trying to say is no matter what it looks like now, no matter the fear, no matter the uncertainty, no matter all the unanswered questions and anxiety that goes along with it, joy comes in the morning. Like I shared with you last week online, his mercies are new every morning. And because, what, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross through his pain and suffering, as well as his obedience, joy is upon us even now. 
We can approach this day and we can approach every day from here on out with deep-seated joy in our hearts, knowing that we serve a faithful God. Simply tell Jesus that you believe he is the son of God. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of your sin. Let him know that you desire him to be the missing part of your life that you so desperately need. Tell him today that you are aligning yourself with him. And when you do the scripture, say that he is faithful to forgive you of all of your sin and all of your unrighteousness, and he will become your Lord and Savior. And not only then will you be able to participate in communion in a worthy manner, but you will do so knowing firsthand what Christ's sacrifice is all about because you have just been a recipient of his amazing grace. Let us all bow our heads in a moment of silence and let's pray quietly to God.